Hello and welcome to bonus episode 22 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Chris and you may be confused because this is the middle of an episode. Uh, we split our initial reactions to Rise of Skywalker into two different bonus episodes. So if you listened to bonus episode 21, that covered what we thought about some of the characterizations in the movie. And now we're going to get into some of the plot and pacing and then some other things. Uh, we... We hope that you will listen to this episode. We do want to warn you, though, that this one, much like bonus episode 21, is our unfiltered reactions and many criticisms of the film. Uh, if you enjoyed the film and you don't want to listen to people talk negatively about it, thoroughly invite you to skip this episode and skip over to bonus episode 23, which we'll be dropping on Friday and talking about uh, in-universe where we want to go from here. Uh, thank you for listening, and now please enjoy bonus episode 22. So, those are most of our big things, I feel like, honestly. Like, it, it was a lot of problems with characterization. But uh, let's talk about the plot and the pacing just a wee bit, because um, we've already talked about how it would appear that uh, JJ did not do his homework, and no one checked him, because I don't know. I don't know why the story group didn't check him. I have no idea. I just, I don't really, you know, they they talk up so much, like, when the story group was founded, and even since then, how they really want this all to be cohesive, and all of it to make sense and fit with each other, and everything, and they've, they've they made such a big deal out of it. They made such a big deal out of it that they made a whole swath of, like, I don't know, 30-odd years of books not canon anymore, and pissed off, like, a significant portion of the fandom. So what the hell happened here? If the plot was going to be this boring for episode nine, you should have just made movies of the Thrawn trilogy. And I say that as somebody who doesn't particularly like the Thrawn trilogy and also thinks that the concept of making movies out of books for the sake of making movies out of books is lazy. Spicy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, the... Yeah, Miranda, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to quickly touch on this. We have spent most of this episode so far talking about how, like, a lot of the choices, a lot of the creative choices that were made um, in this movie go directly against what has already been established, particularly in this trilogy, and I, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Like, how? This movie doesn't feel like a sequel to Last Jedi. No. And it doesn't feel like a sequel to Force Awakens. It's just an action movie. It it, yeah, no, it feels like a movie that is incidentally a Star Wars. Yes. It feels like this, like, it feels like a, a sequel to Return of the Jedi, but that's not what it should have been. No. Like, fucking bizarre choices. Like, J.J. spoke at length leading up to the release of this film about the challenge of not just making the final movie in this trilogy, but the final movie in the trilogy of trilogies and how to wrap all that up. Mm -hmm. 
And it's so interesting to me that he spoke so in-depth about that because that is so not what this movie feels like to me. Because this was a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, like, you know, when I watched out the first one, I was like, okay, like, I see how they tried to, like, put a nice bow on Star Wars. On the trash bag, yes. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Let's reintroduce all of these characters that you know and love. It's Han Solo. Like, he's a fucking weird-ass vision. Um, (laughs) Like, everybody's good. We love the Jedi and all of this. And so I guess it accomplished that goal. It didn't do well in doing that, but it felt like a bow (laughs) on the series. I mean... It, honestly, it didn't even to me, though, because now that Rey's a Skywalker, how is it the end of the Skywalker saga? Yeah, I know. That was exactly my fucking reaction. I was just like, but it's um, okay. They're leaving <laughs> the door open to another trilogy in 15 I know. years. I know. Which just like, and that's mm. again to the unearned, how, how I felt Rey Skywalker was unearned. You returned Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker to a planet that they both despised with every fiber of their being. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. (laughs) And Leia's to a planet she's never been to. Have you guys seen... I'm sorry, I don't know, again, who put this together, but it was going around Twitter a while (laughs) back, and it was her, like, Rey putting the lightsabers into the ground on Tatooine, and just, like, uh, shots of Anakin's shitty faces in... (laughs) 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 oh that sounds like a fucking treasure just like all of his little faces like of just his lightsaber (laughs) being back on tatooine oh my favorite place in the galaxy i know so much so that he will just ignore the fact that this guy has the same last name as him and is from the same planet as him (laughs) oh my god it's just so much i <laughs> Jesus. Um Yeah, I I don't really have a lot of thoughts about this being the end of the trilogy honestly because they're just going to fucking reboot it in 5 seconds. Um Yeah, as somebody who really was against the entire concept of an episode 10, do I do I care about it more now because this was a shitty ending? Please help. <laughs> and so and now for plot reasons, let's talk about Palpatine. Palpatine um, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's fucking weird. Sorry, our, our dog is coughing. He's literally fine, Poor but bug. he's coughing a little. Um, yeah, what? <laughs> and so, I I don't even. I'm, I'm mixed <laughs> on this because I I think the concept of Ray Palpatine is stupid. I don't think the concept of Palpatine returning is stupid. Mm-hmm. I actually, That actually didn't bother me and got me very hyped when we first heard his laugh in the original teaser at Celebration. Because I thought it would, you know, we would learn so much more about his ultimate plan. Jokes. And we didn't. Which, again, I, I'm a moviegoer that likes to know what's going on. I realize not everybody is like that. And I don't say that with derision. Like... People watch films in different ways. People take in art in different ways. That's fine. He's saying he's cuckoo bananas and you shouldn't be like him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but not only did we not get any actual information about Palpatine, but we also 
didn't get any information about how Ray is his granddaughter. I have a lot of questions about the timeline. Yeah. Like, so her parents look also my personal favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Ray's mom is Jodie Comer, and I am very gay and very excited about that. But... Like, they look young <laughs> in those flashbacks. Yeah, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. If, maybe. If that. And, like, that, it feels like that would have been a plot point if, you know, Palpatine had a baby or a wife yeah. in the prequels. And, well, and, like, not even in the prequels because Rey is 20 by Rise of Skywalker because mm-hmm. it's only a year after Last Jedi. Yeah. So Rey's 20. Which means that she was born 10 years after uh, the original trilogy. Roughly. Uh, 10 years after Endor. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Taking that, you know, in the scenes of oh, that we right. see where her parents look 30, maybe. Rey is 5, generously. Mm-hmm. So... That means her parents were 25 when they had her. So that means that her, she was or her parents were born during the empire and we don't know anything about this. Yeah. Yeah, she or her dad I guess specifically. Her mom could be anyone. Full on pulled. They just full on pulled a JK Rowling here and who was like Voldemort had sex at this random fucking time and they just ran with that and I was like is this is this real life? Like, is this happening to me? <laughs> oh, is that in that play thing? Yeah, oh, no, the I Cursed Child. That. Okay. Yeah. I read the Wikipedia article and came away being like, "How is this real?" It was bad. Um, yeah, full on. That is that is kind of just precisely what happened here, and I just mm, yeah, it, it, I I I kind of have I kind of have no words for this honestly because it's just so stupid. I want yeah. to die and like any leaps that you could make to a logical conclusion i imagine would all be very bad and problematic yes yeah he obviously had some kind of relationship with his son like enough to like know that his son realizes he's a terrible fucking person and he and his wife are willing to sell their daughter to a junker on some planet in the middle of fucking nowhere to protect her from him yep yeah. So I just, you know, again, it's questions among questions, and I don't have a good time with that. So I, I should have <laughs> talked about this during the Ray characterization part of this rant, but I went into this movie loving Ray, thinking Ray was such a refreshing take on Star Wars and on who can be a hero in mythical journeys and like kind of like simultaneously Joseph Campbell and also her repudiation of him because, you know, she is nobody. Ray, nobody was all of us. Like Kay said, hey, Chris. that person said. Quick question. Coming out of this wait, movie. Wait, 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 what? Quick question. Is Joseph Campbell the hero's journey guy? Yes. Okay, thank yes. you. Coming out of this movie, I don't care about Ray at all. I don't care what her next adventures are. And again, if you do, Great. I hope that you love Ray and that she provides you inspiration for the rest of your life. I truly do. 
And I also recognize that Ray's not for me. And that's also fine. But just me as a reader of this story, not like, you know, like, you know, not some like metaphorical, like philosophical difference, but I just don't care about Ray anymore. Her being a Palpatine is boring to me. It's really boring. It's the force saying there's only two families in the galaxy that matter. Mm hmm. Boring is exactly what you want when you uh, create a piece of media, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, I don't, I don't mind that Palpatine was still alive and I don't mind him as the big bad. And I kind of like him as pulling the strings because that's who he's always been. But Ray Palpatine is just incredibly boring to me. Mm-hmm. I And to stick on this and, you know, again, maybe this belonged in the Ray section, like... Like you, I am fine. It, it, I wouldn't have chosen to keep Palpatine in it, but, like, it makes a bit of sense, like you just said. Like, he's always been pulling the strings and all of that. But, again, making Rey a Palpatine was a lazy choice. And I... Rey is for me. Like, I loved Rey. And then this happens, like, oh, well, she's not... I mean, she's still special, but, like, she's not just a nobody from some, you know, planet in the middle of nowhere who, like is a good person and has all these heroic qualities. She's magically the granddaughter of this guy that we already know. And this might be a spicy take. <laughs> Love a spicy take. I I was really upset. Like when I didn't realize that she was about to come alive again, but when she died, I was like, or in retrospect. And I have had the spicy take about our main trio in previous films. Mm-hmm. Like looking back I think that would have been an okay choice for her to have died. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, I, I'm glad she didn't die. But I mean, I'm glad she didn't die. But like, I, I think it probably would have been good if she had. Like, it, or at least it wouldn't have been bad. I would have been mad if Ben survived and she died. Yes. Well, yeah. Um. So I mean, it would have taken a larger reworking of the movie. Um. I'm glad she survived, but all her agency in it was taken away. Yeah. Again, I just, no one in this movie had any actual agency. It didn't feel like they were making decisions that were based on their life experiences. It felt like it was all written for them. I'm sorry, are you Like, you could see the strings so deeply in this movie. Are you implying that there should have been more women involved with writing this movie? Yeah, could we get a a woman writing Ray ever? That hasn't happened yet. We have Rebecca Roanhorse. Rebecca Roanhorse wrote her in Resistance Reborn. She's not a major part of Resistance Reborn, but she is in it. So that's fair. And she's great in it. But uh, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> that seems like a lot to ask. So we'll see. Well, since we bought, brought Kylo slash Ben up, let's let's do this. Okay. <laughs> ben Demption. It. This was really the point for me where it felt like JJ was ignoring the fact that last Jedi existed and just wanted to make his version of eight and nine into a single movie, because if they'd gone into eight with Kylo being legitimately conflicted in, and and he was at the beginning of eight, but kind of stoking his conflicted soul and then having him turn and then having them all fight Palpatine at the end in nine, that would have been a story. That would have been something that made <laughs> that sense. That would have been anything. 
this the entire point of eight was kylo embracing his identity as kylo and fully letting the past die and fully embracing the dark side and this movie said jk that doesn't count his mom died for him to save him fuck me Fuck so me. he's good now. Listen, Leia died to save Ray, and I don't care what anybody else fucking says about it. Why did Leia have to die to save anybody? Ray can take care well, of herself. She she shouldn't have, but at the point where she did, it wasn't for fucking Kylo. Oh God, I Jesus. I, I the way I put it to a lot of people was I I really liked a lot of parts of this movie. Um, I really hated a lot of parts of this movie though because like while I did not go into this movie with a lot of I really hope they do this or I'm going to hate this movie. I did go in with a lot of nopes and they hit every single one, which was big fucking nope. I, which was incredible to me. So, you know, Ben Demption was a no. Leia being a Jedi was a no. Um, Leia getting fridge was not even a thing that like showed up in my wildest yeah. dreams. Uh, the kiss, uh, which we'll get to. And um, Rose. Yeah. Well, Rose being, what happened with Rose is like a thing, again, a thing I did not, necessarily think would happen based on the information we were given mm-hmm. and uh you know making like doubling down on the fact that poe really really loves titties <laughs> we'll also get so, to that later yes um but yeah i just listen adam driver is an incredible actor and i think he you know seeing the movie again i think he did an incredible job just with his um, his physicality and like his and uh, um, his facial expressions and all of that in the transition from Kylo to Ben, um, I think he did so much with his body and his fighting style and everything else um, to, you know, try so hard to make the audience buy into the concept that Ben could be redeemed in one fucking movie. But God, like what the fuck? Like it's like a light switch happens. Like he talks to Han, and he throws his lightsaber into the void just yeets that shit where i I was sitting there like you might need that okay (laughs) there it goes um (laughs) and and boom he's good again and it's just i what the fuck yeah light switch is the exact way this movie happens in what like 24 hours and I feel 16, like 16 because that's when the Sith fleet is launching. Oh, right. It's 16 fucking hours. <laughs> this uh. beginning of the movie, Kylo evil working for Palpatine, Kylo evil, still trying to manipulate Ray, Kylo evil. Also abusing her, like physically assaulting her through their force connection multiple times. Kylo evil, Kylo on the death star, Kylo evil. Uh, Leia <laughs> says, yes. Ben, Kylo Mom? good now mom sobbing sobbing says ow dies <laughs> and like one of the Literally. one of the big things about the force awakens is like i sense you know like conflict within you and like the, i feel like jj was trying to touch on this then but then the whole series just went into no no kylo is evil he embraces the dark side all of this and then suddenly he's like, I'm good now. And I feel like, and that's, and there's two kind of schools of thought on this. One is that like, yes, obviously we are taking away a different message from this movie than we took away from Last Jedi. The message of The Last Jedi is that actions have consequences and nobody is nobody. 
This one is no mom, no rules. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yo, literally, yes. Like, Fuck. this one is you're back to your very classic, the light always wins. Like, doesn't matter how many times Kylo rejected the light, he can come back with no consequences because it's the light. Which is a Star Wars message. Yeah. That's a message we've had in the past. It's a message we had in Return of the Jedi. Um, But that doesn't make it good. But yeah, like doesn't when, make it interesting. Right when he literally is about to tell, like trying to like f- like bust into Ray's head yet again in this movie, what uh, during the fight on Kashimi, uh, she literally says, "I don't want this," and he's just like, mm, "Don't care. Let's just keep going anyway." And then we validate that at the end with them kissing. Yep. What the fuck are we doing? Yep. Also, speaking of being unearned. The editor recently said in an interview that the kiss was added at the end. And boy, does it feel like it. Because they do not build to that at all. They spend three films trying to kill each other. I'm so glad that it's 2019 and we're still having conversations about whether having gay people existing, not even in any sort of explicit fashion, is adult content. But heterosexual relationships are just so obvious that we don't need to actually write them into the script they just kiss for no reason every conversation that they actually have is like pretty pretty yikes they have not had a positive conversation in the past year no undoubtedly literally no and also like you know a a popular um reading these days of um you know, using the force to bust into someone's mind is rape. Mm. How many times has Kylo, in that sense, raped her? Yikers. With her explicitly, like, it's not even like a questionable consent issue. Not that consent is ever questionable because it always needs to be explicit. But to even accept that on face value, she explicitly tells him to stop multiple instances. It's just, it's exhausting. And it's, again... Just unearned and bad writing. It is lazy writing. It is, you had this in mind as where you wanted to end up and you didn't care about getting there. Yeah. And if you want to have Ben Demption, there's a way to write it. Like every issue with this movie, like it would involve a lot of screen time of him, like accepting that he has done a lot of really shitty things and like feeling remorse for that but it like you said kate it's a light switch it's like oh no i'm good now let's fight palpatine and kiss and then i'll save your life and die yeah the end happy star wars (laughs) Star Wars indeed like tl the point of tlj was to set kylo up as the big bad in this movie and jj chose not to go in that direction and what we'll get into questions of quality and filmmaking versus enjoyment but your job stated by you was to finish this trilogy and finish the skywalker saga and you ignored everything that was set up for this character he took a big old shit on it like you ignored everything the you ignored everything that existed with kylo in last jedi except that snoke is dead other than snoke being dead this movie could have taken place after TFA. And I'm sorry, that's not what your job was. That is you doing a bad job. That is you making a conscious choice 
to do this and doing a bad job of storytelling. Like, regardless of whether you enjoyed it, you can enjoy things that are bad. Miranda likes Attack of the Clones. Like, <laughs> it is objectively shitty storytelling. All right, do we want to go into the small things that we're laughing at? Uh, yes, please. Chris, you have several many. I have so many small things. So, like, this, these are very much getting into, like, every Star Wars movie has stupid lines that we're all going to laugh at in 20 years. And, like, how do bombs drop in space? But... Oh my god, how to bombs drop in space. I'm going to fucking kill myself like, the next time I... <laughs> is it very much in that territory? Yes. Is it stuff that absolutely took me out of the viewing experience as somebody who is into Star Wars? Also, yes. Uh, the big one, Kylo flies to Exegol at the end <laughs> in a TIE fighter that's been underwater for 30 years that has no hyperdrive. <laughs> Original trilogy TIE fighters don't have hyperdrives. Yeah, I, I had a lot of... And like... Just all of the TIE fighters had hyperdrives. Like in the beginning, when uh, Poe is... Well, First Order TIEs do have hyperdrives oh, canonically. They? Yes. Oh, okay. That is one of the reasons they're so much better than Imperial TIE fighters. Never mind. No, don't get me started on license <laughs> skipping, because that was fucking stupid. But... Jesus. But... It's so, just literally, he should not have been able to get to Exegol, and they couldn't think of a better way to do that, because, again, it's just bad writing. Um... Hux. Oh, I put this one down. Hux is a spy, which, again, just to belabor the point I've been making all episode, um, I really like Hux as a spy. Mm-hmm. And then he died. But this is, I hate Kylo Ren. And then, like, he gets shot in the chest. And that that's the whole story. I mean, Hux is such a delicious character. They could have done so many great things with him. I don't even understand why, like, Allegiant General Pride needed to be a person when Hux could have been that. Mm -hmm. Like, and, like, Except Donald... to shoehorn another old white man in there, because why not? Donald Gleason does such a good job with Hux, too, that I'm like... God, I, I, I want more of it. And it's like, ooh, here's this interesting thing about me. Let's not explore it. I know. It's I like, love. I'm telling and uh, not showing. Yeah, that's uh, that's all this movie. That's the motto of this movie. I'm telling and not showing. I did love the scene at the beginning with General Hux. I'm sensing some apprehension over my appearance. The mask? No, sir. Looks great. Well done. <laughs> just just so dry and perfect. So good. I just... And he's like, shoot me in the arm, just a little bit. And oh, I I love. I didn't even mind him being a spy and i like no. the explanation of i don't like you but kylo needs to lose like i that felt right and petty for him but then <laughs> it had no payoff yeah yeah i yeah. love that for him but it, yeah, and it, then, like, it felt just, just extraneous ugh. yeah it felt like oh he's a good guy now so we should feel bad when he dies I didn't. I was my reaction again was what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Luke's X-wing, which Chris just uh, Luke's X-wing is broken. It is broken in the Last Jedi. The door to Luke's hut in the Last Jedi is the wing of his X-wing. <laughs> it is missing a big section of its wing when Ray looks into the water. How how is it magically repaired? <sighs> Annoying. Go, I don't again. I, poor Scott. I don't is working on it because he saw this coming. 
for Force Ghost Mechanic Luke. Oh my god. I mean, Matt Martin, uh who is one of the he's in the story group. He's story group, yeah. Yeah. Um he said he says there there is an on-screen explanation for it, but you know, we're going to talk about quality movement for a second, but like I didn't see it and I think that's an editing problem probably. I was looking for it. Yeah, too. me too. Me too. And I think that's an editing problem um which I'll get into later, but um so we just learned about um, all kinds of new things, planets, uh, for weird for shit, um, you know, objects. And I love weird for shit. Listeners to this podcast know that we are 100% pro weird for shit. Orca agrees. Orca agrees, yeah. right? <laughs> like, I do like the concept of a forced dyad. Yeah, and me too. I think, I think it's cool. If they, if he had this idea all along, like maybe he should have communicated that better to Ryan Johnson, so they could be like, oh yeah, there's a reason. Because like in the Last Jedi, that connection is explained by Snoke being like, I put you guys together so you can talk like this, and then uh, JJ's like, it's weird for J- shit. JK, these Skype calls are actually weird for shit. And Which- also like, why do you need to call it a Force Dyad? Like, why do you need to name it? Like, it, you're going to name it and not explain it. It just felt so pointless. Or like, if you want to name things, maybe you should name them consistently, like the fucking Sith Wayfinder. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate, and again, another tweet, I actually remember who tweeted it. It was Caitlin Plesher of the Sky Talkers pod, uh, had a fantastic tweet about uh, JJ. And this is a Sith Wayfinder story group. We actually have something like that. It's called a holocron. JJ, Wayfinder store group but but it's a, we have because it helps you find your way Fuck me. like i i laughed very long and very hard at oh, that i think i saw that one that was it was an a plus it was fabulous very was correct fabulous. <laughs> yeah um but yeah just like the dagger ochi existing exegol like just so many so many things this movie was all about things it was all about new shiny things that you could be excited about and new action sequences and new force powers and just like being cool and feeling great about this movie Wait, and um, it didn't explain any of it exegol did you literally google, google says did you mean moribund <laughs> yeah the other thing it looks literally identical to malachor it sounds like in a, rebels it literally looks cream. like it it's just again it's a galaxy far far away is icy hot <laughs> Oh my god! And again, I don't need it to be Malachor to validate like my fandom, but it's just no, not Malachor. We have Malachor. You mean Moraband, Coraban? What do you mean? Because we we were on Malachor. Not in the movie. movie. Yeah, we were in this movie. I thought that was um, no, we weren't. That was Mustafar. That was Exegol. Mustafar. Mustafar. That's my bad. Sorry. Also, they didn't fucking explain that they were on Mustafar. No, they They did did not. not. Um, I had Which, alcohol, again, my bad. <laughs> because exposition doesn't matter. Uh, like, it would have made sense if he's looking for Vader's Wayfinder. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, Force Dyad explaining anything about what it is other than, oh, you're a Force Dyad. Obviously, that means that you have life force that I can drain from you. Like, oh, Exegol. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take anything away from the average viewer. But it's just an area that it would have been so easy to tie into the the universe in the smallest possible way. And they just chose not to do it. And it's frustrating to me because this movie just feels like it was created in a vacuum that 
the rest of the universe doesn't exist. And in 10 years, we'll look back and the rest of the universe will have built around it and I'll feel better about it. And it'll be like the prequels because now I can go back and watch Phantom Menace and feel good about Amidala because of Queen Shadow and feel good about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan because of Master and Apprentice. But (laughs) (laughs) Miranda loves the prequels. Miranda loves the prequels. But like, it's just conscious choices not to do things like this movie was a series of choices and I don't agree with any of them. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about quality. Can we talk about oh, uh, the killers? last one. Sorry. Cause the oh, last yes. one was me. Can we stop I'm with sorry. planet killing weapons? Yeah. They're so boring. All emotional impact of planet killing weapons is gone. And like, I like how JJ was like, well, we already had a planet-killing weapon in TFA, so let's just make more of them. Yeah, and I will say, like, I think, like, he did a good job in TFA with it. Like, that is an emotional scene. It worked for me in TFA. But now Mm -hmm. it's like, what if we miniaturize this capability? Miniaturize Miniaturize Death Star Tech. Tech. (laughs) And just, like, (laughs) you did across the system. We have that kind of you know, manpower out here in the unknown regions to just do this and create 10,000 little tiny uh, Star Destroyers that are also Death Stars at the same time? Who says no? Oh, my God. I I honestly, I I, I would not have hated the Sith fleet or, or, or or like, the, the, the fact that they were creating them because we already know that all these things can be automated. We know that from the Empire's giant... Um, industrial war machine and we even had that um you know during the republic republic era with all the factories going on and things like that but man i (laughs) just why why was this necessary it's just like it's a very you know and i just had a thought they could have tied it back to operation cinder but they didn't again more opportunities that would have been completely easy all JJ would have needed to do was go to the story group and say, hey, how can I work this in? Mm-hmm. But he didn't. Yeah. And I do like the Seth fleet. Like, I like the idea that, you know, if we're going to have Palpatine still alive, he's out there just like building this giant ass Navy. But then it's just like, oh, by the way, they're all secret Death Stars. Like that just takes away from it. Because why? Like there's just, there's it- no need for it. No, it's, yeah. it's, and also, you know, they were like, destroy a planet. Oh, there he goes, Orga. Um, destroy a planet that, that, that will hurt them. Kajimi. Yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. I have, I have never had a less emotional reaction to a tragedy scene in Star Wars than that. <laughs> like, I really liked Kajimi. I think it's like my kind of planet, but I was like, we were there for 10 minutes. We don't know anything about it except that Poe's ex-lover is there i honestly would have felt sadder if they destroyed pasana because the natives seem nice yes right like a very pure sequence that whole like celebration thing that was sweet i like that part very much but (sighs) jesus all right um also the let's let's get some holdo maneuvers going guy was just fucking stupid i wanted to die it's that that's like that's like star wars breaking the fourth wall and it did not work the unnamed Dude, Dominic, what's his fuck? Like, let's do yep. the Holdo maneuver. And everybody was like, you're fucking stupid. And I was like, same. <laughs> like, Holdo would not have stood for this. Holdo would have beat that guy into the ground. Holdo would have done a, beat a lot of people in, to the ground in this movie. 
just remember, Amal and Holdo died so that... Oh, God, what is his fucking... He has a name. And it's like a stupid name, too. Beaumont. Beaumont something. God help Beaumont me. Beaumont Kin. His name is Beaumont Kin. Excuse me? He sounds like a rich oh white boy from the South. If I no ever get to write a Star Wars... Full offense. Yes. If I ever write a Star Wars, I'm killing him in the fir- on the first page. <laughs> Please do. Just, just like, not even for a reason. No, just to kill him. It doesn't matter what the Star Wars is about. It's like we're going to start on the planet that, that he's on. And he's going to die. Bye-bye. And then we're uh, going to like, you know, go back in time a million years or whatever the fuck yeah, exactly. do with it. Um, but anyway. Amelin Hodo died so that Beaumont Kin could take Rose's screen time. Yep. I'm going to lie on the floor a little bit. <laughs> like, help. Please help. <sighs> okay, anyway. All right. So quality. Quality. So my first issue with this movie, and I felt this the first time and I felt this the second time, was that the pacing was terrible. We visit, I'm not entirely sure how many places in the span of two and a half hours, and therefore we do it very quickly. There's a lot of whiplash. We don't quite get as much of a feel for things as you were saying, Miranda, for various places, which is part of the fun of Star Wars is the world building and feeling immersed in it. And I did not feel immersed in anything because of the fucking whiplash. And, you know, a thing that a lot of folks told me um, after I saw the first time was that it flows a lot better when you see it the second time. And here's the thing with that. To a certain extent, I agree because that it is the feeling I got. But I think the cause of that is because I already knew it was going to happen. So I wasn't like as much like just like whipping, literally whipping my head back and forth. Just being like, where are we? What is happening? What is this? Mm -hmm. Um, Familiarity is not flow it's like I, and i will die on this fucking hill because everybody is like inc- including chris is like up their own ass about i don't want spoilers spoilers ruin everything the fact that they're called spoilers it has been scientifically proven that you enjoy a thing more if you already know what is going to happen and it is absolutely what happened to me the second time but even even with that things happened so quickly there was that uh, the editing was so bad the cuts were so fast i could not see anything that was happening like there are moments during that movie where like and i never do this i had to lean over and be like wait chris is this happening because of this and we weren't entirely sure because we had everything went so fucking quickly mm-hmm. yeah and like the, it was just the whole first hour or the first maybe half hour for me was just like that it was just like remember mm-hmm. all of these characters look at them doing these things it's exciting but we're not going to tell you what's happening because it really doesn't matter And then, like, that only gets amplified when Poe is doing that fucking light speed skipping. Oh, my God. That was so... This is too much. (sighs) It was was a bunch. It was was a bunch. Who needs exposition? And also doesn't make sense. Make things... Like, we want to go fast. Yes. Also, apparently, according to this movie and Mandalorian, we can uh, go to light speed from Atmo now. YOLO. Okay. I know, right? Like, for real. Don't need to bother with the calculations to not fucking die. Or gravity. Yeah, like, I really, I want some Star Wars canon to just show somebody trying to go to light speed from Atmo and their ship just being ripped apart in the most, like, visceral, brutal way. Because that doesn't, like, again, it's all fake and in space, but by the fake and in space parameters that you yourself have set, this doesn't work. Listen, all I want, like, listen, if you're going to be up ryan's ass about how do bombs fall in space which actually has a real explanation it has two real explanations it has two real Fight explanations me. um 
then and you're not upset by how do the fuck do they go to Atmo? How do the fuck do they go to Lightspeed from Atmo? Then you can seriously eat my ass. But anyway. <sighs> All right. So I want to talk a little bit more about KMT and the immense service she was done in this movie. I just listen. KMT has been done dirty by this fandom, by this franchise. Like everyone is just like, we should do a show for Rose. And even like John Chu, who is uh, the director of Crazy Rich Asians, who he's his own problematic little you know, circle over there, but we're not going to talk about that because it's not relevant right now. Um, he's just like, absolutely, Disney Plus, give me the show. I will totally show run and direct and whatever the fuck else. And I'm like, if Kelly Marie Tran does, wants absolutely nothing more to do with this franchise ever again and would rather yeet herself into space and die, I would not blame her. Yep. I just, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's, it's insult. It's insulting. It's a, a very Anakin voice. Um, it's unfair. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I could go on about this, but if you would like to read more about um, why this was so fucked up, uh, our lovely friend um, Jess at Space Jess from Lousy Beautiful Town Pod, uh, she wrote a wonderful essay for the Star Wars What Matters website about how Rose was just absolutely just i don't know it's just her entire like a character and person was just fucking wrecked in rise of skywalker please just roll over there and read that i'll link to it in the episode description as well um jj abrams and chris terrio are racist pass it on yep don't care it's true uh leia's cgi felt extremely copy paste it was very awkward look good it it, I don't know, It like, nothing about it flowed well. It really felt like she was being, like, just, like, like literally copy this scene that she filmed and, like, paste it into here, and we're gonna go with it. And In I her just... first scene, she moves without walking. Oh, God, really? Yeah, like, the first time you see her. I didn't notice that. She, like, kind of, like, hovers o- across the screen. Oh, no. It's It doesn't look good. It's not done well. And it's amazing that in 2019, a blockbuster movie released with those special effects. Huh. Cats. Well, <laughs> I did not realize that. Yeah. Do you want to be compared with cats? Oh, yike. I did not notice that in the slightest. Now it's, that's... It just... It felt bad. And, like, again, I'm so glad we got TLJ. I watched TLJ this week, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> but I'm so glad we got Carrie's performance in that to give us... Even though that wasn't the Carrie-centric film that nine would have been had she lived that we all wanted yes well though now i not sure i want jj writing that film mm. um but it gave us leia in all of her glory in all of her mistakes in all of her exhaustion in all of her forced leadership and this movie gave us people talking around lines that were already delivered and it was very clear and very obvious and i think it was a disservice to the character and to carrie i don't well no i don't want to say that ignore that ignore which what i i was gonna say something and i stopped myself okay (laughs) i mm. i'll cut that part okay well yeah just just agree to all of the above i mean i know it's an unpopular opinion that we have that um, you know, that Chris and I have anyway, that she should have been recast 
but uh, it could it could have really have been any worse than this. Like I just oh my god. Should have got Meryl Streep. She would have done it. Say, she and Carrie it. were best friends. Put some makeup. Literally on, played Carrie in a movie. Put some makeup on Billy Lord and make her look over or older. Her character is very minimal in, the, Even, in this trilogy. I do think the Leia flashback, I think that was Billy Lord. Yeah, probably. Doing, yeah, being the body double, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And doing the face CGI. Yeah. But, uh It was bad. All right. Um, Chris, why don't you talk talk about the, the, the fucking berries and the puppets before we get into the more serious stuff real quick? Oh, yeah. Just, again, in area of stuff that is small complaints that, like, doesn't actually speak to it other than like how did somebody not catch this um on kajimi when they're fighting in the marketplace slash kylo ren's quarters there's a scene which is very visually striking of them like hitting a basket of berries and the berries spill all over the floor of kylo's white room next cut no berries magical disappearing berries force berries really hungry Hungry, hungry, hang on snack break so that was dumb girl (laughs) um also and i'm in the minority on this stop using puppets stop stop (laughs) using puppets for everything they don't look good just do good cgi like bulio's fucking like muppet mouth not matching up with his words the fucking like fucking animal from the muppet show driving the sand crawler on pasana and going okay like that was (laughs) It was Chris. so stupid. Chris, please. Oh I my don't God. want it. I don't want that in Star Wars. I realized that the baby Yoda puppet is great and we all love it. And that's fine. And I realized that everybody's all about practical effects because that's how George Lucas did it back in the 1970s. Yeah, but either Stop do it, it well with the fucking puppets. Yeah. Oh my God. I Sorry. Can't... That's my puppet rant. We're done. All right. Um,. Yeah, Marina, we want to talk about uh, the queer content or lack thereof. What the fuck was that? Okay, folks, listen. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack here um, to the point where I almost don't know what to start, but I think I'll go with the obvious, which is uh, Poe and Finn. Um, So first of all, like, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that, like, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega have been very vocally supportive of making that an actual thing in canon because they do like have very good on-screen chemistry and incredible like it seems effortless and i'm sure you know they've they're doing all of their hard work but like it comes across as no these guys just like work really well together they're they're vibing together it's great and there are so so many fucking times in this movie where it would have been so easy for them to kiss. There's so many opportunities. Their faces get close. They're like having a conversation. Like they, they've shown affection for each other throughout this trilogy, despite barely knowing each other at first. And it's, it's just unbelievable. Like, the actors are pushing for it. Oscar Isaac is telling anybody who will listen that he thinks they God should be together. Him. I love that man so very much. He's amazing. And everyone at Disney is like, um, what if we didn't do that? 
What if he didn't do that? Seems gay. Seems Listen, a little gay. <laughs> they're just two bros having totally bro conversations with their faces an inch away from each other. I just, oh That's my the God. Conversation and like, that I have. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Oscar Isaac has made no secret that when he thinks about Poe and his character, like, he is playing Poe as being bi or pan or, you know, however you would like to identify that specific um, orientation. Like, he he has said that. Yeah. That is his vision of the character, and I just... <sighs> even beyond that, it's fucking space. It's all fake. I know. I know. Like, I just... Everybody can just be attracted to everybody else. And but Miranda, don't worry, because we've got thrown a breadcrumb of these two ladies kissing in the background before they... Bef- it was like right, right before or right after they like super double down on the fact that was- Poe is very interested in pussy and only shows explicit interest in pussy. Yeah, I'm really glad that we avoided the adult content in this children's movie by not including the existence of gay people, but we kept the scene of Poe propositioning Zori for victory sex. Is that a problem or? <laughs> like they introduced this character I... just to be like, Poe likes women. J- just yeah, to be literally. like no homo. Yeah, exactly. That is literally her entire purpose. And it drives me. This entire movie is just a big fucking no homo. Insane. I know. Like... And also, so the god i don't know her name because she's not that important um but the blonde lady in the kiss like yes. she had somewhat of a role in the last jedi we weren't supposed yeah. to yeah. like her she was supposed to be like holdo's little crony and we didn't really know anything about like how they were actually formulating this plan but she's always been kind of like oh you know small and meek and um you know, against the interests of our uh, heroes. And it's like, oh, no, we'll make her gay. Give her. And for all intents and purposes, she's a nameless character. Like yeah. she has a name in canon. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, to 90% of the people seeing these movies, that was a kiss between two nameless characters. Right. And like I did notice this time around um, the her wife. um like they gave her a couple of lines in the movie, like she yeah. she's a pilot, and when they're planning um, the trip to Exegol, she asks a question, just to like put that little breadcrumb there as a treat. And she's and she's a person of color, and I like that definitely. Oh yeah, and like that's um, but that's the shit I want to see, but I want to actually see it. Yes, not just as a throwaway cut. At the end of the movie. Right. Like, oh, because didn't they, didn't they like try to build this up? Like, oh, there's some representation in this. Like, yeah, like, they just like, something that they like. And, oh, and JJ, JJ talked so it up much, like he's like, the goddamn second coming. I know. So I will he's say like, this. <laughs> it is still like important to have that little bit. Um, uh, the first time that I saw this, I was sitting like next to this little teenage, like, couple that was these two girls and like you know the the kiss happened and they're like snapping for it which is awesome like we need to see it however you had a whole trilogy to do this you had a whole trilogy with two guys with really good chemistry 
to do this and like you're doing this so you can like cut the scene send it to china make all your fucking money on the movie without showing anything gay it's very disheartening it's it's just it's insulting oh yeah it's it's just insulting we've touched on this before but like there's so many layers to this of like you know throwing that in as just like a token shot to Mm -hmm. be like gay it's like check great thank you for indicating that we're not people i know it was a very how do you do fellow queers moment yep (laughs) yes god totally but it was (laughs) this is one of those things that again for me like i'm very much of the opinion that like if it doesn't matter for anything it doesn't need to be included like i i honestly would have rather had that not be part of the movie because this is uh, i think it was more upsetting for me to like have to like get have to like expend energy getting mad about it you know yeah it's like just don't fucking include it i might not think about it like right. i still will or they because, shouldn't have built it up because like you know could have been a lot more gay but they shouldn't have demanded credit for doing literally the bare minimum you know what that's yep. called and that's what and that's like don't don't fucking sugarcoat it that's what jj's doing by talking about it yep by talking about how it's important to me that all, you know everybody feels seen in star wars oh you're asking for God. credit for doing the minimum just like the russo brothers did by having a nameless fucking character in a support group mentioning that his love interest was a man this like it just it veers way too close to queer baiting for me yeah, I'm like oh. absolutely, exactly, exactly. Like there technically are queer people in this movie because they kiss, but also no, that's not what this is at all. Nope. <sighs> this is throwing a breadcrumb into like a pit of Wookies. Literally, yes. Oh my god, it really—that's perfect. That's what this is. Thanks, JJ. Feeling really seen right now. He's a real ally. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, he wears a safety pin when he goes outside. Fuck <laughs> me up! You did not just say that. Uh, All right. So one last note on quality, the, and then I'll wrap it up. To wrap up the bitch fest, yes. <laughs> so something I have talked a lot about on Twitter and on this podcast and this episode is. Things can be enjoyable without being good. Wait, no way. What? <laughs> and for real? Again, for those who know me in person, outside or outside of the context of this podcast, the example. First of all, the big I'm sorry. To me, yeah. First of all, <laughs> that's that's really your fault at this point. You know what you're getting. But <laughs> the example to me that is most pertinent for our society is Game of Thrones. Game Mm -hmm. of Thrones is a show that was very maligned by the end of its run. I argued at the time and still argue that it was never a well-written show. Again, that's, you know, well, that's a different podcast. You know, your mileage may vary with that opinion. Mileage may vary, but something could be good without being enjoyable and something could be enjoyable without being good. And I understand I'm not saying that people who enjoy this movie are stupid or have a lesser opinion of art 
than I do. Because that's, like, that's fucking stupid. If you enjoy something, you enjoy it. And I'm really happy for you that you enjoy it. But looking at the writing of this movie, looking at the direction of this movie where it just felt like you were just getting hit in the head with information every scene and there was no time to breathe. Looking at the editing, looking at so much of this movie and looking at what the job of this movie was to continue Last Jedi and and the Skywalker saga, this was not a well-made movie. Like, it can be an enjoyable movie. I will find things to enjoy about this movie and look forward to, genuinely look forward to watching it for years to come and learning more about the stories as we'll talk about next episode. But it was a badly created movie and I'm really glad that JJ does not get to make more Star Wars movies. Listen, I saw Knives Out and I knew as soon as I walked out of that theater that I was like, Rise of Skywalker is probably going to suck for me. Yep. God, Knives Out's so that's, good. That's I also just, just an incredible movie. Like, <laughs> Knives Out's a really... Everybody go see Knives Out. Honestly, two of the best movies I've seen this year, Knives Out, which, fair, but also, ready or not, great film. Everybody should go fucking like see that on Netflix or wherever the fuck it is now. It was a shitty, campy horror movie about playing hide-and-seek, and it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, enjoyed it far more than I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. Hum. All right. With that... This episode is incredibly long. That has been intentional so that people who don't want to just hear a shit on a movie they loved can ignore this one and then come back next episode. So thank you for sticking with us if you stuck with us. Uh, and let us know if you agree with us. Let us know if you disagree. Let us know if we have blind spots where something meant a lot to you and we just ignored it. Like, we want to know. I want to find ways to enjoy this movie. Our next episode, we're going to be continuing to talk about Rise of Skywalker. It won't be three hours long, but uh, we're going to talk about implications in the canon as we know it and what we want to see from the canon coming up. So we hope that you'll join us. We're also next week finally going to be uh, wrapping up both of our remaining episodes on Thrawn Treason. So we appreciate your uh, patience with that as we've gone through the holidays. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Pod bookwarspod at gmail.com if you want to email us and rate review and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. It is the best way for people to discover the show and, you know, see if they like our opinions on Red Skywalker, see if they hate us, and then, you know, leave us shitty reviews. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Jesus. If you have the means and you're so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station, Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs uh that's ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod and when you do we will post pictures of porkchop orca and jasper on our instagram also it's 2020 so we need to start thinking about star wars celebration if you would like us to make merch again please definitely give us some fucking money yeah that costs money thanks uh our theme song money please <laughs> our theme song is whiz bang by poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joe Terrier design I'm Chris for Kristen, who unfortunately had to leave, for Miranda and Kate. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod, and we'll talk to you later this week. Chris took a yeah, phone I was gonna say, when she left, that's where <laughs> I That's right. I mean, this-